Ooh, welcome back. It's your girl Jasmine with the Proverbs 31 podcast. Um, and of course, let's just go ahead and get started. Um, our affirmation for today is I'm not in the race of life alone. God is always with me. Okay, say that with me. I'm not in the race of life alone. God is always with me. And I've been holding that uh, to my heart closely <laughs> lately. Um, our scripture for today is Hebrews 4 verse 16, which says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Um, love that scripture. Uh, one of my favorite pastors, he's an apostle, actually Ron Carpenter, uh, spoke on this and I was trying to find the sermon to recommend it. I don't, I know it's one of his older ones. I could not find it. Um, I couldn't remember which one it is, but you know, um, he, I'm sure there's other great teachings on it too, but I don't even necessarily remember what he, <laughs> you know, to be able to repeat it, don't remember exactly what he said. Um, but that's why I wanted to watch it again, because now that I'm, I'm, you know, trying to, um, really meditate on the scripture and soak it up lately, um, as I've discovered that I'm kind of facing some things where I keep having to remind myself I'm not alone in, um, my walk with God. I've kind of, to be transparent at some points in this season of my life, I've begun to make it more, uh, duty filled as in, you know, um, if you've ever been in a relationship with a human being and it felt more like work, 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 like, you know, I got to do this, I got to do that, um, to maintain the relationship and you see the duty part of it, not even to maintain the relationship, just as part of the relationship, you start to feel the duty part of it and become overwhelmed by that instead of just, uh, you know, the relationship part. And so in my personal relationship with God, he's consistently had to remind me, um, you know, I want to be a father. I want to be a friend, right? It's not just, uh, you know, well, I called you to do this, so this is what you need to do. And then you go out there and do it on your own, right? You do have to have the willingness uh, and, the, the, and the heart to really be obedient. But at the same time, it's not just, oh, I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for God. And he's really breaking down to me how he wants me to do things with him and not just for him. So that is why I've been soaking up this scripture um, because it talks about you can approach God's throne of grace. First of all, it's a throne of grace. It's a a throne of unmerited favor and we can approach him with confidence, right? So, um, you know, you don't have to feel bad about sometimes I feel bad like, oh my God, I shouldn't be overwhelmed when I really know that I am on the right track as far as where God wants me to be moving along and you might think well you know if you're walking into purpose that should just be easy well it's not necessarily gonna just be easy because of the fallen world we live in there will always be resistance but at the same time um you know if you like me just don't be out there thinking you got to do it by yourself because you do not and so um I would say that we're all different of course but just kind of generally speaking I think there's kind of two main types of Christians in my experience. And there are those who beg God for things. God, please help me. God, please help me find another child, right? And they're not necessarily approaching his throne boldly. They're begging, 
right? Not saying you can't cry out to God, but, you know, he's not somebody you have to beg. He says, if you want to give your kids good gifts, how would you not think that even more so he wants to give us good gifts? You don't have to beg. And then the other main type is those who think they can earn salvation. So you might hear people talking about, oh, I never missed a day at church. And, you know, and I don't do this. And I always tithe. And they they think it's something that can be earned through works. Um, and I'm not necessarily religious like that. Um, so I'm not saying that I necessarily fall into either one of these categories and a lot of us don't, but I'm saying as far as the, the top two misconceptions that I think I see, that's what I've identified. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm certainly not religious. So I'm not saying I fall into that type. It's just, I have gotten overwhelmed, you know, um, maybe a subset, <laughs> of that second one where it's like oh I gotta do this I gotta do that and I'm trying to earn my salvation but trying to be busy for God trying to be a little busy be soldier right um and almost forgetting a little bit about the grace right realizing that it's grace that's got me here but then thinking I kind of have to take it from there so I think you know there's levels to both of them um the extreme being those who beg God for things and maybe the other extreme being those who think they can just do what they, uh, you know, what the Bible says. Um, the top ten commandments, they don't break them. So God owes them something or, you know, um, they're earning their own salvation or whatever. And again, mine is, um, unfortunately, if I had to choose one, maybe a little along the lines of that second one. Not that I'm trying to earn salvation or think God owes me anything. I think that would be the extreme, but just thinking like, you know, I'm doing what I got to do. I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to do that. And a lot of focus on I, you know, which is not where we want to be. The focus has to be on Jesus. Um, so that's something God's been dealing with me uh, personally. Um, so God did speak to me on that, actually. And I forgot who he spoke to me through. Like I said, I binge watch sermons like most people binge watch Netflix. So sometimes I forget where I heard what or from who, but I know that he did speak to me about you don't want to get so busy, even if you're doing, you know, things he told you to, that you forget about worship, that you forget to really welcome him into your space and to everything you're doing on a regular basis. And you may think, well, I'm not out there saying it. I'm doing what you told me to do. But um, to get so don't get so focused in the work of it that you lose out on the relationship aspect of it which I know I have done at times, and he's just kind of gently reminding me, don't forget about your worship. You know, I'm studying the Bible all the time, trying to prepare for the podcast, trying to prepare for, um, you know, things that I write, stuff like that. But um, there also has to be that time where you're just soaking up the word just because you're hungry for it, which is not something that I had always made time for. And, you know, God got on me about that. He really did. So just to encourage you, if you're kind of in that same space, that time with God is never wasted. He holds your future in his hand. So spending time with him is never a waste of time. Um, and then I also listened to a sermon. I can't remember which one. I think it was her one from like last week. But Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts, she was talking about how there's, a, of course, power in intimacy with God. And, you know, revolution takes place as we have our private meetings with God, you know, so you don't have to be in charge. I mean, you are to an extent in charge of your own transformation, your own revolution, because you have to make that choice. You have to allow God to move. But once you've done that, he really takes on the majority of that work. You just have to be willing, ready and obedient. Right. 
And so I was thinking about how um, maybe those who do understand God's grace and aren't trying to necessarily earn everything on their own, they don't beg for everything. You know, I do think there's a large majority of us who do understand that God is a gracious, merciful God. And I think sometimes that it can allow for the opposite of what I'm talking about with me and maybe allow us to be a little lackadaisical in our approach to pursuing our purpose. It's like, well, God is gracious. You know, he'll give me time. He understands. He knows my heart. And while he does and while he is gracious and while he, you know, um, while our walk with him is not works based, it's not based on works or exactly what we do, but based on his the love and grace that he has for us. Um, obedience is his love language. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. He does love you, of course, since before your mama met your daddy. But do you love him, really? You know, um, and so I forget where it is, but I think it's somewhere in one of the Johns. You know, I don't I either. I don't think it's in the Gospel of John. It might be, but I think it's in John somewhere. Gospel, John 1, John 2, John 3. (laughs) Excuse me for not having that prepared. But it's just kind of coming to my mind that it says, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but those who love, you know, if you love me, obey my word. Right. And so it's like, of course, he loves you you and you can't earn his love. And you don't have to try to earn his love and all this. But how much do you love him? So obedience is his love language and it's how we show our love to him. And then I actually wrote something that I put on the website uh, called the blessings of God bring wealth and prosperity. Again, that's the blessings of God bring wealth and prosperity. And that is um, something that I wrote and put on my website, www.proverbs31exclusive.com. If you wanted to check it out. And uh, I just kind of talk about how, you know, God is gracious, of course, but it's faith and faith shown through obedience that really open up the door for him to be able to bless you in different ways. And so it's just kind of to say that, yeah, he is gracious and everything like that. And, and But to really see the biggest changes in your life you know, that does come from the obedience. So again, it's not, everything is not based on your obedience, but don't get it twisted. That's your obedience and the faith that you must have in God, um, really show something to God about how faithful you are. Right. Um, of course we know he's faithful. Of course we know he's gracious. And I think the biggest part of our walk is just coming to an understanding of that and really being able to trust him. But then as you begin to trust him more, what are you doing with that? You know, and I think that's something to sit down and think about. If you really trust him, why wouldn't you obey him? You know, if you really love God and trust God, why wouldn't you obey him? Of course we have our flesh nature to battle with, but, um, we should also be consistently seeking God on how to become stronger over that and then not hiding the sin from him, not trying to deal with it on our own, but really casting those cares on him all the time, right? Really coming in with like, this is my weakness and allowing his grace to bring strength to that weakness, right? So it's not that we shouldn't have weaknesses or try to hide them because we can't anyway, but to really be able to come boldly to his throne and what? find mercy, uh, obtain mercy and find grace. So there's mercy that can be obtained and mercy 
if you're unfamiliar, is not getting what you deserve. The wages of sin is death, right? We all still sin every day. So really to get what we deserve would be to um, be facing that death that Jesus came to save us from, to be enslaved to sin and enslaved to our flesh nature and to still be, you know, um, the devil, he caused the prince of the air to still be up underneath that influence. Um, but God's mercy is what breaks that hold over us. So you can come to his throne and automatically um, obtain mercy. And then I think it's interesting that it says to find grace. So I do think that there's a process where you have to be wanting to find that. Now, grace, if um, you're unfamiliar, is unmerited favor. So it's getting the things that you don't deserve. So mercy is not getting what you do deserve, right? When you've messed up, you should be ultimately, all of us really should probably be getting hellfire. But God has saved us from that. You know, um, we don't actually... Now, sure, there's consequences that God's allowed, but we, not one of us, will have to face every single consequence that we truly deserve, right, because of his mercy. Um, but then grace is unmerited favor. It's getting the things that you don't deserve, which we really can't say that we deserve much from God, right, because of our flawed nature um, and his perfect one. But we still... uh his grace provides for that. So he will give you favor where you don't even deserve it, right? My mama used to say favor ain't fair because it's not something that you deserved. It's not really something that you worked for. But I do think it has to be on some level, he will give you favor, you know, just because you're his or whatever. But I think on a lot of levels, his favor comes, you open yourself up to his favor when you truly have that faith in him. And if you do have that faith in him, then there's a level of obedience that will follow that. So again, not to say that you can ever earn it, but it is to say that to open the door to uh, more of his grace, you have to be seeking it, not necessarily just the favor, but seeking him and then be an expectation of that, which is the faith. Are you an expectation of God to do something in your life? And then if you are, there's, you know, you act a certain way, um, if I'm really trusting God to do something in my life, then when he tells me to do something, you know, then I'm going to do that because I'm like, okay, if this is a step to get where I'm trusting you to take me, then I have to take that step. And so I hope that made sense. Um, it makes sense to me. It's it's very relevant to where I'm at in my life right now, where I'm at um, in my walk with God as far as just consistently bringing myself into remembrance that I'm not alone, that yes, I do have a purpose and I'm called. And in the back of my head, I know that. But sometimes as I'm like staying up late at night, trying to do some things after I finally put my kids to bed, finally got the house taken care of, everything like that, then <laughs> to avoid overwhelm and come into a place where I'm like, oh, now I got to stay up and write this thing, or I got to stay up and do this podcast, or I got to stay up and study, um, or wake up early to do so. Either way, I'm not thing where it's a stress because it's like, well, God is right there with me, right? And so it's not like just something on my to-do list to do. Um, and so that has been something that's been dealing with me on, and so I hope that helps somebody else as well. I'm going to go ahead and transfer into our goals check-in. Um, last week, we had talked about um, 
setting deadlines for each of your goals and tasks, you know, check out that episode, um, the previous episodes, if you want to kind of get caught up to where we are now on the goals check-ins. Um, this week though, because this podcast is going to be a little bit shorter, I'm not recording at my regular time, so I kind of got to don't have a ton of time to get it recorded, unfortunately. Um, but the goals check in for today is to make a plan for setbacks because life happens and you can have a deadline and you can have smart goals and they can be realistic and you can be doing everything right. And then something will happen, right? When I was um, so gung-ho and so strong on getting with my goals uh, before I faced over the course of a year, we had uh, three deaths in my family, one of which affected me tremendously. And actually, we had more than that. It's just those were kind of the people I was a little closer to. Um, And one hit me hard. And so life happens right um that is not something you can avoid <laughs> life will continue happening until uh we go see jesus right and so and ho- you know i when it's something that big i think you just kind of have to sit and take the time you need um but even smaller things right can happen and i think that it's good to have a plan for setbacks, not even necessarily saying you'll always follow the plan to a T, but my suggestion is to take a minute this week and think about how you usually handle stress and setbacks. You know, um, think about, are you the kind of person who usually just gives up um, and just will now put it off for years? Are you the kind of person who'll try to rush and still try to get everything done at once, once the setback is taken care of? Sit back and think about how you usually handle things when they don't go according to plan. And then, based on how you usually are, take that into consideration. Excuse me. And what would be a good plan for you to get back on track after you follow, for you personally? Um... Would it be to just go ahead and make some adjustments to the plan and maybe give yourself a little bit of grace? I'm not saying that, you know, fall all the way off and just give yourself three more years to each deadline. But I am saying, are you the kind of person that, depending on the setback, you may need to give yourself a little bit more grace with the deadlines and go ahead and reprioritize and make another plan? And it's like, what's well, better to get it done a little slower than to not get it done at all? Or are you kind of type of person will, who actually like go and block off know maybe three four days if possible and then just catch up you know depending on the situation of course so really take a time to think about that and then try to think about what your plan would be to overcome setbacks prior to the setback and write that down where you have your goals written down Um, in my goals workbook that I have available on my website uh, draft the roadmap to your future is the name of it um, and again, I reference it not as a plug, but just because these are things that I have in there. Um, so if you'd rather kind of have a, a, a guide for this process, then there's that. Um, but even if you're just writing in a notebook, you know, title the plan for setbacks. And then that way you have something to reference when the setback that's inevitable does come. 
and you kind of say, okay, well, this was my plan. And that way you just kind of have a plan, kind of something, you know, you want to do in advance that you're expecting setbacks um, and that you're prepared for them, right? Don't, you know, we can't say exactly what life will bring you, but just so that you're not caught too off guard, right? Um, and with that, I will go ahead and transition into prayer. God, we just thank you just for who you are to us. We thank you um, that you are full of grace and mercy. We thank you that your grace and your mercy follow us every day of our lives. We thank you that we can come confidently to your throne and obtain mercy and find grace. We thank you that you are never too far away, no matter how much our human emotions and feelings and circumstances may make it seem like it. We thank you that there is nothing that can separate you, separate us from your love. God, right now, I just ask for wisdom for anybody who's listening to this, for anybody, um, who needs it and is hearing this lord god i pray for wisdom and how to walk into our purpose how to achieve our goals and for the step that we're on right now lord god only you know the place and the season that each of us is at in our lives and i ask that you meet us right there in the name of jesus amen and with that i'm out